0: I have the unique privilege to talk today, and we're just going to be uh, kind of specific. We're just going to talk about trust in Jesus today, fellas. We're going to talk about uh, what it means to really put your trust in him, what it means to really say, you know, I trust you. I trust you. One of the uh, come to find out, this, this isn't super funny, but I went away last fall. I did. I don't know if you guys do. I got away from some for some personal strategic planning, and in the middle of that, um, I'm sitting across from this guy, and it's a couple uh, days of him just walking through and uh, coaching me on uh, just how to leverage my life more strategically. Some of you are wired that way, um, and here's what happened. He got in the middle, and he said, "Can I?" He just looked at me in the eyes, and he said, um, "Matt, I got to tell you something. You may not. You may not." You may not believe it. I said, "Why don't you tell me?" He said, "I think you got major trust, major trust issues." I said, "Bro, I, I think you're crazy. I, I'm fine." And uh, he said, "No, I, I, I really do." And he, and he started unpacking. And some of you guys know um, my story. I'll be super fast. But I, did, I grew up in a, a crazy town house, and in that house, uh, I love my parents. I respect my parents. But it was crazy town. We had cops in and out of the house. Um, I had. Uh, a family that um, we just had a lot going on, I'll just put it that way, and I wasn't always safe. They didn't, they didn't mean it, but I wasn't always safe, and I kind of had to look after myself, and there's a lot of stuff going down, and so in the middle of that, for me, I'm, I'm a fella, I'm a guy, and I'm just going to say this, we're going to talk about trust in the room today. I want you to know, most of you in the room don't feel like you have a trust issue. Most of you, if you're like me, you know what? I'm fine. I'm a man. I got to figure it out. I got a good wife. I got things going on. It's not, I don't have a trust, I don't have a trust issue, and I don't have a trust issue. Today, I want you to know that most of us in the room have a trust issue, we're just going to talk about a trust issue, and part of us talking about that together today is uh, hopefully going to get us to the point where we can just say, you know what? Yes, I do have a trust issue, but here's the deal. I trust Jesus. I trust him. I trust him. You know, there's a lot of things I don't trust in this life. There's a lot of people I don't trust in this life. There's a lot of things that I won't put my trust in life. But here's this thing. At the end of the day, I'm going to say this is true. I trust Jesus. I trust him. I trust him. He's trustworthy. Uh, he is somebody that I can, I can go every single time. There's not a single time. This is true in, this is true in my life. I have never said, you know, to, to him, you know, I'm going to trust you on this. I'm going to do this your way. I'm going to step into this. Put my faith and trust in him. I've never I put my trust in a lot of people and people let me down. A lot of people put their trust in me and have been let down. But I'm telling you this, when you put your trust in Jesus, it is 100% absolutely he has never, ever, ever let me down. That's unbelievable. So here's what I want to do, I want to take you, this is a picture in Israel uh, As a matter of fact, we've got a uh, trip coming up, Mace and I and a whole bunch of men in the room are going We've got a couple spots left, I'm just saying uh, If you want to go with us on a pretty unbelievable trip, this is it So here's what I want to do, I want to set up this story of trust The, tru- the passage that we're going to be in, if you want to open your Bibles to Matthew 14, that's where we'll be uh, we're going to bounce over to Mark, but I'll put it up on the screen. You'll be, be good. Matthew 14, we're going to start in verse 22. And I wanted to give you kind of the setup. This is, uh, one morning, I grabbed a, a bunch of Australians I was on a trip with, and we headed up, this is the Sea of Galilee right here. I took this pic, and we climbed up on a mountain, uh, and this mountain would have been, I tried to find a picture of literally the, the rough location where Jesus would have been during the time of this story. I want to set it up really fast. I want to get into it. So here's what happens. Jesus uh, has this friend, I don't know if uh, some of you are new in the Bible, some of you are old, so I just want to give both of you something good. Uh, John the Baptist is his cousin. John the Baptist was a great preacher, he was like the Billy Graham of the day, and everybody loved loved John the Baptist. Here's the problem, John the Baptist ticks some some people off, one of them in particular was an important guy's daughter. That important guy has a, a banquet, that daughter comes in, she dances, long story short, She asked for this guy's head on a platter. But this is like one of Jesus' closest friends. It's his cousin. He's like the most spiritual guy at the time. And in that meeting, uh, the guys, literally, John the Baptist ends up losing his head. God dies. In that moment, there were a whole bunch of people that followed John the Baptist, and those people were like, man, we just lost our leader, or our hearts are heavy. Jesus finds out the news that one of his closest friends just lost his life, a you know, somebody that, that he, like, he just wanted, it'd be like one of your boys, like somebody tight, somebody close, loses their life, he's got a heavy heart, he starts to get in the boat, and he sees this group of people that used to follow the John the Baptist, and he looks at him and says he has compassion on him, and this guy, when even when, it, Jesus, even, and he's a real person, even when his heart was heavy, he was like, man, I got, I got Got to help. So he gets out of the boat, he goes to these people, goes up on this mountainside right about here, and he sits them down, and he just starts talking to them. That's where we're at in Matthew chapter 14. He's talking to a group of people who just lost their leader, just lost their hope. And as he's talking to them, uh, something kind of weird happens, and, and it doesn't say it in this text, but this this parable, is or this story, not parable, this story of Jesus told in, the, in three different Gospels, in, in Matthew, in Mark, in John. Sorry, I'm hustling through details. But we're going to get to the meat so that some of you that, that, that don't need this will get there. But he gets them up there. And they do this crazy thing, and and it'll really help us at the very beginning of the passage. It says that they tried to make him king. When they recognized, John the Baptist has been saying, somebody's coming after me. He's going to be king. He's going to be Messiah. He's pointed at Jesus and said, this is the guy that's going to be the Messiah. And so these people are like, hey, if John the Baptist is gone, and this dude's going to be king, what are we waiting for? Let's make this guy king now. Jesus recognizes, it's not time, fellas. It's not time, fellas. It's not time, fellas. They say, we don't care. We're making you king now. Jesus grabs her by, dismisses the crowd, and that's where we're gonna find ourselves. He's right up on his mouth. He says, Y'all go home, go home. As a matter of fact, he is, in this, we're gonna go into the first passage right here. Uh, it says, immediately. That's, that's this story. Immediately, in the face of all these people trying to ask Jesus to be something, he knows it's not time for. He knows he's gonna be king, but not yet. But in that minute, he says, it says, immediately. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. So the other side, I don't want to talk too much about it, but you, you, you've got kind of a, a weird lake. I've been over there. So again, some of you need to come with me. in uh, Mason and a few good people, Dan Spader's going to be there, Hugh Halter's going to be It's going to be a great trip. Um, but literally, says, meeting, he says, fellas, get in the boats. I'll meet you guys over there, but, but I need some time alone. I can't have anybody right now tell me what I'm supposed to be and tell me how I'm supposed to be. And so he literally, Jesus withdraws up onto the mountainside to pray. He sends the disciples over. He, he sends them literally, you couldn't have taken a longer route. He's kind of on the south. If this is the lake right here, he's kind of like on the south edge right now. He's going to send them all the way to the far corner. Now that may not be a big deal to you, but it, part of the reason he made them get in the boat is likely because there's a storm coming in off of the mountain which is up from the north side and there was wind blowing. That's happened to me when I've been over there, the wind loves to come down. Down off the mountain. It's pretty powerful, pretty forceful. And so they're in this tiny little boat. As a matter of fact, I've got a picture of that boat real fast. Um, that's the that's one of the boats. It's a first century boat. I'm giving you some nerd stuff. We'll get to the heart stuff. Just leave me alone. So Some of you out there, there's nerds out there, so I I just, I want to respect you. You can't, you got up early. So this is a boat, this is a first century boat that they dated literally to the time of Jesus, and this would have been the common fishing boat at the time. It's pretty crazy that anything wood would have lasted 2,000 years, but they found it in the mud, they excavated, they brought it up, and what they found is you can put about 13 people in this boat. Isn't that crazy? Jesus chose 12. Anyways, so... They got this boat, it's kind of a low boat, it's kind of a fishing boat, but y'all, this, these are like common people, fishermen, working hard on stuff, but this isn't like a sailing vessel, this is like a, it's like a rowboat, y'all, like, like a rough rowboat. Most of the guys around the sea, it's not like now, they, brothers don't know how to swim, they, you know, they didn't grow up watching the Olympics and watching people doing this stuff, they did more of this stuff when they were swimming, like... It's just, they didn't know how, so they get in the boat, and when there's a storm on the sea, they know it's a little dangerous, they know it's hard to get across, they know if you're going across the wind, if you've ever been a sailor, you can't sail across that, it's going to be hard going, it's going to take a long time, we know that Jesus is going to spend about nine hours in prayer, and uh, could you back up to that picture for me at the beginning there, Dave? And, and, and just so you know, that's a, that's a long haul. It says, it says this, basically about the fourth watch of the night. Jesus looks down, and I've been up on this mountain at moonlight. You can still see down onto the lake. And as you look down kind of on the lake, you can see, you can see the whole lake. I, in the moonlight, no joke, I'm up on this mountain. I can see almost, almost across the lake. The place was lit up like crazy. So Jesus is sitting there and watching, and I'm going to start dialing into your heart for a second. Jesus is watching a group of guys go where he told them to go, and the brothers are just struggling. The wind's coming, they've been, at, they've been at it for like four and a half, five hours. Brothers are like barely to the middle of the lake. And they're just, they're just struggling, man, they're just struggling, they're just struggling. And they think, Yeah, I don't know what they think, I don't know if they think, you know, where's Jesus, you know, why is he in the boat, I don't know what they're thinking, but he's watching the whole time, and that's how we're going to get into the story. So back up for me, uh, Dave, if you don't mind, to immediately, uh, we're having technology issues, but we got it. So immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. And go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up to, on a mountainside uh, by himself to pray. So keep going. Give me to, to later that night. It says, later that night, the boat was in uh, the middle of the lake. And he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples. And I, and I want you to, to remember this verse, straining at the oars. They're straining at the oars. They were like, they were, I mean, this is like, they're in the grind. They're just like middle. I don't know if you've ever felt like this in life. But you're like middle of the lake. You've been, you've been working at whatever you've been working at for a long time. You've just, been, you've just been grinding, man, every morning, every day, working, working, working. And they're barely getting anywhere. I mean, they're like still, they've been out here for a long time. And they're like, because the wind was against them. The wind's always against. It feels like any story like this, there's a setup. There's always a wind against them. There's always something that kind of brings it out. And so go ahead to shortly before. So shortly before dawn, uh, he went out to them walking on the lake, and he was about to pass by them. So I, I brought this out of Mark, and here's the reason I want to kind of, I know I've been doing a lot of setup, but I promise it will pay off, I think. In um, Mark, it says it's a really interesting story. So I want you to get this set up, right? So Jesus teaching a bunch of people. They try to make him king. He says, man, uh, not happening. I'm not the king, not now. Y'all get out of here because you, you, when you're around, you try to force me to do things. That that's, that's not time. So he kicks everybody out. He goes up on the mountainside and says, Father, I want to know what your timing is. I want to know what you think about me. I would know when, 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 when it is, because I know you want me to be king. How's that going to go down? Um, I know there's a cross involved. I don't know what he prays, but up on the mountain he's praying. But he's praying, but he's always watching, and he's always noticing, he's always seeing. And uh, as a fellow, you need to understand, because a lot of us that have trust issues, I'm just going to be straight up honest, I'm, I might be a little bit more transparent than some of you are comfortable with, and that's okay this morning. Some of you, the reason that you have trust issues is because somebody should have stepped in, somebody should have cared, somebody should have been watching, some man should have stepped in your life and said, I see what's going on, and when it got hard, they should have came down, and they should have stepped, and they didn't. And I'm here to tell you that some of the trust issues that we have, some of it's from our fathers, some of it's from coaches, some of it's from people that were invested in our lives, and we really thought, we really thought that they, they, it, it just somebody should have noticed I was in the middle of the lake going nowhere. Somebody should have recognized that I was in danger. Somebody should have recognized that my heart was in a bad place. Somebody should have ne- recognized that, 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 you know what, I'm tough on the outside, but I got this thing going on on the inside. And nobody stepped in. Nobody stepped up. Nobody was watching. And you talk about trust issues. That's where it comes from, y'all. Because we didn't have somebody step in at the right time. And I'm telling you, that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is not a, hey, I hope you go off in life, and if you get stuck in the middle of it, you know what, I'll probably be off somewhere praying, you know, and I, and I hope you figure out. That's not him. And I just want you to know the Jesus that I know, the Jesus that, that, that you know or can know is the kind of Jesus that, that man, you, when you're in the middle of the struggle, when it gets the worst and you are at your most dangerous point, he is, y'all, he's watching. He knows. And about the time he recognized this, this baby's about to get heavy, he goes down and starts walking like. Now, why? Because if you look at this passage, I think this is kind of funny, and, and I, if you can picture this, the fellows are in the boat, and they're, they're rowing, and maybe the waves are getting big, maybe they're nervous, maybe they're just mad that they're, that they're just in the grind, but it says, Jesus, it says, he was about to pass by them. Brother, wouldn't even go stop. Wouldn't even go stop. Like, why, why was he walking back? Maybe because he was just checking out, like, making sure they're okay, like, keeping a bit good enough distance. If somebody, you know, goes in, he's going to like, I, I don't know what he's going to do. But literally, Jesus wasn't even going to get in the boat. Jesus was just moving closer to make sure everything was, I think, okay. And literally, had there not been moonlight on the, on the water, had there not been some, they may not have even seen Jesus there. It says he was about to pass by. And so all of a sudden, he's about to pass by them, and as he's about to pass by them, and I, I love this, and, you know, it says they're like you know, three to four miles out is what the text says, straining at the oars. It's the fourth watch of the night, which is like the very last, uh, like last hour before dawn, and, uh, and it just says this. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, you would be too. And uh, they just said, man, it's a, it's, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Why? Because here's the deal. When you, when you, see, when you see a dude walking on water, what would you say? Right. A, the first, and I love the, the passage in here. There's a couple of different versions that it, they weren't terrified because one of them saw it. Because one of, them, one of you at like 4 o'clock in the morning, fine. You're, you're a crazy person. Everybody seeing the same dude walking on the on the lake is a problem, right? And so he just he just says it, it, it's a ghost. They said and they, and they cried out in fear. They were, they were freaked out, man, because the dude's walking in the water. And there's a guy floating. Come on, man, that's crazy. That's not normal. And so Jesus says this Matthew fourteen twenty seven. It just says this. Um, yep, it says. Uh, but Jesus immediately said to them. He just said. uh, I just, kind of, I just kind of love this. He says, and we read things like in Old King James. So we read things that it makes, it makes him seem super impersonal, but like put it in our language. He's like, fellas, it's all right, man. It's all right. And he literally says, um, it's, it's I am, which is interesting uh, for you nerd people. And he says, uh, take courage. Hey, guys, don't be afraid, man. It's me. It's me. You don't have to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Guys, hey, fellas, it's me. It's me. And all of a sudden, um, I want us to get to this moment. And I want us to kind of lock into this moment. This is gonna be our moment today. Uh, our moment is, um, and I want you to get this set up. There's a group of guys straining at the oars, in the middle of doing what they do, and they're in the grind. Now, some days they sail across the lake. It's fun. This day, they're not sailing across the lake. This time, it's hard. This time, it's difficult. This time, it might be a little dangerous. They might not even know that it's dangerous. Jesus knows it's dangerous. He's about to pass by them. He's gotten close to them so that that, that even if something goes down that they don't even know, he's going to be there. He's not a distant guy. You can't trust somebody that's distant. You need to trust somebody that's close. That's why Jesus came. But in the middle of that, it just says, but immediately, Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I. And in this moment, most of the people in the boat, just see a ghost. Most people on the boat just say Jesus passing by, but Peter recognizes that this is this is a moment, and something inside of Peter, something in the pi- inside of Peter, just says, "Look, uh, Lord, if it's you, if it's you." Peter replied, then man, I want, I want. Tell me to come, tell me to come to you on the water. Isn't that a weird thing to say?" That's kind of a weird, like, like for uh, how many adventure junkies? Adventure junkies, where are you at? You just love adrenaline. Anybody? Really? Not that many people? Okay. Hikers, outdoorsmen, can I get that? Deer hunters, I'll just say that. Okay. You're kind of adventurous. Big bad dude shooting poor little helpless deer. It's fun. <laughs> With your semi automatic, it's fun. Uh, I think it's great that you, anyways, <laughs> helps population, keeps me from running into them. Um, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell, tell me to come to you in the water. And he just, he just, he just recognized his moment. What's this moment? This moment is, um, here's the thing. There are two ways to get across the lake. Peter recognizes, I only know one of them. Two, two ways. I know one. The way that I know to get across the lake Is a bunch of guys in the grind, four to five hours, feeling like it's heavy, feeling like it's weighty, feeling like it's risky, feeling like I'm not sure we should be out here, feeling like I feel like we're not getting anywhere, feeling like feeling like feeling like feeling like like, this is terrible. I hate this. And that is the grind of a lot of our lives, fellas. We we are at the oars. We're we're getting at it. We know there's a place that we're going. There's we know that there's a there's a if you know what if I'm if this is a friendship thing and I've got and I'm I, I know that on the other side there's something that. I need to get to but I right now it's just struggle bus like I know my marriage like if, if you're in here and you're married I know what my marriage is supposed to be and but you know what when I go home and when I try to have a conversation and when I try to do anything when I when I try to you know talk to my wife and have a sex with I'm sorry like it just feels like struggle bus like I feel like I feel like there's a wind at my back like I feel like you could get anybody in the boat right now we ain't going anywhere and you're just going and going. And Peter just recognized, man, this is a moment. Like, I thought there was only one way across the water. You're telling me that we can be walking? I choose option B. I choose not struggling and laboring, getting nowhere. I choose to do the impossible and walk with Jesus. And let's just go where we're going. Let's just go where we're going. And so then, you got you to gotta wonder, what's Jesus going to say? You know, we always, we always have the finished story. But you ever wonder, what's... Like, in their mind, how long does Jesus wait to answer him? How long, how long before he says, you know what? I see you in your struggle. I see you in the fact that, this is, that you're getting nowhere. I see where you're at, and, and I know that you want to come, and you want things to be easier, and you want to do the impossible, and, you, and you're re- finally recognizing that there is another way, that this used to be the only way, the only way for you know, forever that you could ever get across the lake was getting the boat and row, getting the boat and sail. You're telling me there's a new way. And all of a sudden, Peter, Peter says, I, I, I want to know, can 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 I do that? Maybe there's a pause. Maybe he waits. And I and I, I just I just want to say in here, some of us in the room. Some of you have been laboring about a, after a bunch of stuff for a long time. And the question for you should be, Jesus, do you, it, 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 you know, I get that you can do big things. I, do, I get you can do impossible things. Here's my question. Am I supposed to just sit in the bus? And, you know, I, Or sit in the bus. Am must struggle bus? Do I just sit in the boat and do I just row? row and then you're just going to come and you're just going to rub my back and say, oh, buddy, it's okay. You know, we all hate being patron. Like, buddy, it's okay. Just keep rowing. Just keep rowing. I know it's hard. Oh, buddy, it's it's but Jesus loves you. Just just keep growing. Is that Jesus? Is Jesus just to come hop in your boat when your marriage is difficult, your family's difficult, when your job is difficult? Even when things are going well, but you start recognizing you're not the dude that you want to be, and you may not have the future that you're gonna have, and maybe you have everything, but all of a sudden you're recognizing that you got the everything that you thought you could never have, and you're still as empty as when you had nothing. Anybody? See, when you get in that spot in the boat, does, just, does Jesus just come sit and just make you feel better? Oh, buddy, it's okay. We got this. We'll just, we'll just, keep, just, just keep rowing, just keep rowing. Or is there another way? In question next, does, is he calling you out to a different way? Is he saying, hey, you know what? I'm telling you there's another way, and, and, and you, you, don't have, you don't have to do it that way. So there's what he says. Uh 1429, he says, Peter just says, Jesus, man, come. Come on. Come on. You wanna do this? You 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 wanna step out of this? You want to you want to do this a whole different way? And come on. Come on. Let's do this. Let's walk. And I and I and I'm gonna say this to the to the to, to the men in the room. Um, some of you right now, you're on the struggle bus. And part of the struggle bus that you're on right now. Um, and, and I, I think this is interesting because a lot of times I hear this passage, even as I was studying, this passage is about risk. And, and, and most people, I feel like, they think that, you know what, it's just such a risky thing to follow Jesus. It's a risky thing to follow Jesus. Man, some of you in the room right now, uh, you're young in your faith or new in your faith or not ready to step into your faith right now. And you're like, you know what, I'm just going to stick to the boat. At least I know the boat. At least, you know, I... Maybe, maybe I'll just stick to what I know. Maybe I'll, and I, I just got to say this, some, somehow we've turned following Jesus into this super risky, only crazy people really get out of the boat and follow Jesus. And I'm just going to say it right now, or maybe it's riskier to stay in the boat. Maybe Jesus knows something that's coming down the road for the boat that you and I don't know about, but here's what I know. If you want to get to where you're going, there's only really one person you can trust to get you there, and it's Jesus. Right now, you may, and, and, some, and it's interesting in life, because not all of you are in storms. Not all of you right now, you're like, man, my life is fine. I got a good wife. I got, got, or I'm single, and I got ladies everywhere. I don't know. Like, everything's fine. But I'm just telling you right now that if we're going to talk about risk, I just want you to know, it's kind of like when my wife drives me to the airport. My wife has this extreme fear of airplanes, okay? Anybody? You're not going to say. Some of you have, maybe not. Your wives, I'm sure. Some of, somebody has an extreme fear. Of my, like my wife hates flying. She feels like every time that thing, and let's be honest, it's a metal tube traveling 500 miles an hour, 30,000 feet above the air. That's a little weird. But when we get in the plane, she feels like she's going to die. She, there for a while, she like Grips me, like, holds me, um, but, but I, just, I just want to be real for a second. Every time she drops me off at the airport, she's like, baby, I hope you live, baby. And, and statistically, <laughs> don't leave me with five kids, babe. I'm like, you could marry so much better. It's fine. It's going to be great. But here's the deal. Statistically, you know what's more dangerous? Her driving home from the airport. Right? Doesn't feel like it, does it? But man, her driving in her, in, her, in her white minivan, way more dangerous than flying. Doesn't feel that way, does it? Sometimes hold on to the boat. Uh, some of you guys that that have never really taken a big risk and never really trusted Jesus with your marriage, trusted Jesus with your friendships, trusted Jesus with with anything like major in your life. Never said, you know what? This is the way that I know. But I'm gonna step out of what I know and into the thing that I think that you could do the impossible thing, the thing that feels weird. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like we should be able to travel from Louisville, Kentucky, all the way over to Israel. If you want to go with me in June, it doesn't feel Feel like that's normal like maybe we should just stick to driving maybe we should stick with what we know but I'm just telling you this maybe it's riskier maybe it's riskier to stay in the boat but all I know is he's, Jesus Jesus says come man, come 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 and here's here's what happened it says Peter got down to the boat Peter got down to the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus and I just, so, so uh, time to get real, and I, I want to set up some good conversations for your, for your tables, and, and I just want to be kind of a highlight. Hopefully, the good stuff happens at your tables, and hopefully that you can get some of this. I was, I was with a friend yesterday, um, close friend, accountability partner, and we're sitting down, and, um, and we're sitting across the table, and I'm just going to tell you, like, old me, um, like, like, boat me, like, safe me, like, just survive me, like, uh, if you ever get in this part of your life where you just feel like you're paying the bills, Anybody? You feel like you're paying the bills. Maybe it's your house, like you got a great house, but it just feels like when you come home, like you're making sure the lights are on, you're making sure the engine's got stuff, you're making sure none of the kids like burned your house. Like you're just making sure your kids aren't terrible people, but but you're not positive that they're they're not halfway terrible. Like you're just managing. You just you're just rowing. You just you just you're just getting after. See, there's a difference between paying the bills. And being rich, right? Like enjoying, like, like what you were made to enjoy, like, like, impo- like, like, incredible marriage, incredible friendship, like, like, true joy. There's, a, there's a difference between surviving. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna keep going, and if I just work hard enough, and if I get enough promotions, and if, and if I'm still attractive to my wife, good luck. Like, if, if I'm still, if I'm still going, then, then, then you know what? We'll probably get there. There's a difference between that. And fellas, like, like thriving, like enjoying life, like, like who walks on water? Nobody. Nobody walks on water. Nobody does that. But I was with, I was with a buddy and, and, I just, and I just had a conversation with him because this has been real in my life. Um, I know that the Lord, and I'm just going to go through a list of things that I know the Lord has for you, has for me, but I have trust issues. I know. That the Lord has the kinds of relationships and friendships for me as a man, that are like filling, sharpening, like like real conversations where just being honest, um, I I I can I can show up, hang out with the fellas, talk about Louisville, talk about Kentucky, talk about how they don't like Notre Dame. It's fine, like just. We'll just hang out, we'll just talk, how you been, how's this, how's that, how are the kids, how's business. Oh, uh, We'll retell some stories about this thing that happened one time, and we'll do our thing, we'll go through thing. And if, and if you take it up one notch in some circles, maybe we'll go out and get drunk, maybe that will help us loosen up, maybe that will help us laugh. But then we'll have to try that again. We always need some kind of catalyst, and, and it just feels like the same old grind. It feels like paying the bills. I'm just showing up, I'm doing what I always do, and I never get something different out of what I'm doing is anybody else tired of that? But what about the kinds of relationships that God made us for where we actually go on an adventure, where we actually leverage our life for something, where we actually feel the wind in our face, and we f- recognize that we're doing impossible things, that we were made for something more, that God's captivated our hearts and turned us into something, and that maybe we could have a great marriage. Maybe we could have great friendships. Maybe, you know what it feels like if I just, you know, I, I could just pay the bills. I could, I, could, I could work on a better house, maybe a nicer car. Man, I've been, I have my eye on that truck. Man, I just. And so you manage your life and you just, you just row. I'm going to grind. One more sale. I'm going to get there. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is just sitting there going, fellas, fellas, fellas. You don't have to get there that way. As a matter of fact, your heart may be in danger. The more you just stay here and do this on your own, man, if you could just step out. And trust me, and I sat down with my friend and I just said, man, you know what, I'm not, man, I've just been paying the bills when it comes to having, having dudes in my life. And, I, and I, got an, I, 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 don't, I don't want to live that way. And I know it's weird for me to, it, 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 consistently, I, I'll get into, I like, I like lift my eyes, and just like Peter, as a matter of fact, he's going to step out of the boat, and then the, then the second the wind and the waves come, the second it feels weird, the second that, you know, he's going to have to keep his eyes on Jesus, the second it gets weird, he starts to, to kind of sink, and Jesus has to come rescue him. But here's the deal, man, um, when it comes to friendships, man, I've just been paying the bills. If I was going to trust Jesus, and I just step out of the boat like first time, like one time, trust Jesus. I'll, I'll walk through the story with you real fast. It says, but when when, they, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. He began to sink. He cried, "Lord, save me!" Immediately, Jesus reached out and his hand, caught him, and says, "Man, you have little faith." He said, "Why did you doubt? Man, you could trust me. You could trust me." And I and I just want you to know, man. I, and I and I, I was praying for you guys this morning. And, and, and three major things came to my mind. And, and I'm, I'm sure you could apply this to a whole bunch of other things. But this, some of this is me. I have not been trusting Jesus. Not just like step out and say, you know, some of you like came to Manchild. That's awesome. That's like stepping out of the boat. Some of you have been stepping, you know, like opening up your table. That's, 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 like a, that's like a step towards what Jesus is calling you to, which is not just paying the bills and having okay friends that are kind of lame and you talk about the same stuff and you, you just like, it's just on a rabbit wheel. It's like stepping into something that's really going to grow you and turn you into the kind of man that really in your heart you long to be. You do. Every man in the room, you long to be a great man. You just don't know how. Jesus says, I do. You've been trying to be a great man on your own. But if you'll trust me, I'm going to give you the friendships. If you'll trust me, you'll, 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 you'll look at me and you'll recognize that here's how that happens. It comes through confession. It comes through spending time together. It comes through being in the Word together. And that, that's, that's going to feel as foreign as someone who hates flying. It's going to feel like flying. It's going to feel weird. But if you trust me, if you keep your eyes on me, you will end up having the kinds of relationships. It'll be like walking on water to other men some of you in your marriage. Right now, it feels like you're, you're, just, you're just working really hard. And here's the thing. I just want to encourage you. These guys were great guys. They were trying to head in the right direction. But when you feel like marriage is everyday grind struggle, I'm just, I'm just telling you that it might be time for you to just kind of just step out and say, Jesus, I want to trust you more in my marriage. Like, I want to have a great marriage. Right now, I have a Mediocre to terrible marriage. I want to have a great marriage, man. You gotta, you gotta. This is one way: struggle, work, effort, labor. Some of you gotta step out of the boat and say, "Man, I trust you." What's that look like? You start looking at His Word and you say, "Hey, here's what happens with marriage." I start serving her. I start loving her. I start guarding my eyes. I start turning off the TV and and, and knowing you know. Most of us in the room know way more about Sports Center than we know anything that's happened to our wives in the last two weeks. We know more about sports, heroes, and stories, and deer, and stands, and trucks than we know about our kids' hearts, and that's crazy. We'll invest hours here, we will invest nothing here. Do you understand? Those are two different ways. And this way, I know it feels safe to put your head down when you go home. I know it feels safe to just duck under the radar, make sure you have a good enough marriage, make sure, but you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming down the road for your kids. You don't know what's coming down the road for your family. You don't know what's coming down the road for your future. And you're putting all your eggs on this basket. And Jesus said, man, you got to trust me. Step out of the boat, man. I have a whole different way for you. Come on, man. Get out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Trust me. I know my way feels weird. I know serving her, loving her, you feel like you're shutting down entertainment. You feel like you're losing your soul. You're losing nothing. Nothing of value, and brother. You're gonna be walking on water. You can have that kind of marriage that, that you long for, you dream for. Some of you in your finances, you're doing the same thing, and Jesus is just saying, man, you're 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 putting all this finance, and you're trying to be generous, and you're doing the right thing, and you're going there. That's great, but man, step out. What would it look like for you to be just lavishly generous? I know the, the, the Bible says literally your heart will be more full. Some of you in the room, if you just let your hands go of all of your future and just let it go, man. It doesn't mean just trust him. Just what do you want to do with my feet? Just ask him and trust him. But I'm just telling you this morning, uh, in, a, in, a, in I'm, I'm, I'm super heavy for this morning, so I'm processing this a lot. And, I, and I'm just being honest. I've been really struggling With having the kinds of guy relationships, I've just slid into neutral, y'all. And I just sat across from a couple people that are big in my life, and I said, no more neutral for me. I'm stepping out of the boat. And I'm going to get back to, man, me stepping into your life and us knowing each other and us doing life together. And I'm going to sharpen you, and you better sharpen me. We're going to kick each other's butts a little bit. And we're going to stop doing, like, just talk sports stuff. We're going to talk about families. We're going to talk about where we're going. We're going to stop, start talking about, you know, like, real stuff in our lives. And we're going to do the kinds of relationships Jesus called to because I want to walk on water, man. And in my marriage, my marriage, I've moved like three times last year, and we're taking care of the kids, and we're running kids to sports stuff like every single night, all the time, like my whole life is dominating. I got five kids, like I'm a crazy person, and we're just going everywhere all the time. But I swear to you, I will not go into neutral with my kids. And I need your support in that, because I don't want to just struggle bus, middle of the, the lake figured out. I want my kids to walk on water. I want my kids to, to to run to to understand what it's like to have freedom and to have compassion to love people and to under, to know poor people and to have like there's so many things I dream for that's walking on water kinds of stuff and I'll never get there just just dropping them off picking them up, doing this doing that too tired to do anything with them at bed, checking into TV doing this thing just going back to the grind so I just I just want to tell you today you don't have to just spend your life in the grind in the boat head down. Fellas, what would it look like today for you to get out of the boat? Where do you need to get out of the boat? Where do you, you've been straining, you've been working, and it just feels like what is it in your life right now that you're putting your hand to? And man, you're giving it everything, but it feels like you've gotten like an inch. And where do you just need to trust Jesus. What do you need to trust Jesus? Maybe, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's maybe it's today at your table. You just need to say, you know what? Uh, for real, uh, here's what I'm doing. I'm showing up, hoping that just hanging out and kind of hearing some stuff is going to change me, but I don't have a single real relationship in my life. And that feels super weird for me to say out loud. But help me. Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. So what is it, man? What is it that you need to step out of the boat in? But today, talk about your tables. Where do you need to step out? Where do you need to trust him? He's watching. He sees your struggle. He sees where you're trying to get. Glad you're here. Not too distant. But maybe today there's some radical steps you could take to trust him. So let me pray for you. Dear the Father, God, thanks for the gift of this morning. Father, I pray uh, this morning that you would... Uh, Maybe put the same burden uh, on these guys' hearts that you've put on mine. I, I'm, t- I'm tired of just head down grind. I'm okay with being faithful. I'm okay with doing hard things. I'm, a, I'm okay with all that. But I don't want to just put my hand to a bunch of stuff, doing the same thing everybody else is doing, expecting a different result. I want to step out of the boat. Father, I know in my core, I've opened your word, I've experienced you, I've seen your eyes. I know that you have called the men in this room, and myself included, to walk on water, to do impossible stuff to pray for people, and it changed their futures and realities, for us to bless our kids, and our kids have the kind of legacy and faith that we would never understand, for our marriages to be the kinds of places as broken as they've been that other people would actually come to for healing and restoration and hope and encouragement and peace, and all of that is possible, but it will not happen, Father, if we don't trust your son, Jesus. And if we don't fix our eyes on him, we get all freaked out about the stuff around us and what other men think, we're going to sink. But we just look at you. We look at, we look at you in the eyes and say, I don't know how to get there, but I trust you, and I'm going to take steps towards you. We pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast.